What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 20, Big 2-0 in the Tigers Avenue. We're really excited today. we got a special guest on with us, Mr. A.D. himself. What's up, A.D.? Nothing much, man. Just uh, excited to be on with you guys. Uh, for those of them who don't know me, I'm A.D. or Adrian on Twitter at 8Perkins2113. Um, just a big-time LSU fan. If you know about the Twitter spaces, I'm constantly in those, uh, you know, so, yeah, I'm just always Twitter posting stuff about LSU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Twitter Twitter space specialist, as Zach is calling me, but um, I'm always in those and just love talking sports in general, love talking LSU, so I'm ready to have fun, so let's get it. Yeah, man, let's do it. Look, for anybody who doesn't or hasn't heard AD much, we, we had to get him on here. His knowledge is, is pretty – pretty impressive when it comes to LSU sports and and uh, recalling certain things. So we had to get him on here and get his thoughts on a few things that we've been discussing lately, uh, namely the basketball team. Uh, tough, tough loss on Saturday. Go to Columbia, South Carolina, and, and you drop one. You really – man, I mean, you really needed to win that game in Columbia – to kind of solidify yourself in the seed that we had. Because I feel like if we were to beat South Carolina, beat Missouri, we still end up with that sixth seed. But now that you lost to South Carolina, it feels like you need to win one of the Kentucky, Arkansas, Alabama games to move yourself back up. Because if you lose to South Carolina, beat Missouri, and then lose the other three games, you probably drop to a seven. So we're going to see how that looks. But as of right now, I mean, that's a tough loss. It really was. It was one we really needed to have. Uh, the, the the comeback from we were up 14 and the fact that they've come back and they came back and beat us is kind of inexcusable. And we'll get into all of that. So, A.D., go ahead and kick us off on your, your thoughts on the game. You know, what did, what did you see? What did you not like seeing? Give us what you, what you felt about it. Well, the number one thing is the, the – you can't go – if you want to be the kind of team LSU has the potential to be and wants to be, you can't go to South South Carolina, get up 14, and let them back in the game. You have to snuff them out. You have to put them to bed. And the fact that you didn't do that is one thing. But this game to me was just as much on the players as it is what I think is the ultimate Achilles heel of this team, which is offensive. You can't – if you make – the free half of the free throws you miss, you probably win by three or four. You, as a as a team, this game was just, it, it 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 different. It was different than the old Miss loss, which is one they shouldn't have lost. The Vanderbilt loss because it was like they lost in a way. Let me ask you all a question: Have any of you ever heard of this guy, Cousinard? Never. I, I didn't know Cousinard. Nobody knew who this dude was, and he almost quadruples his average on a semi. Like, what? <laughs> and, you know, Reagan and Zach, you've heard me talk about this a bunch. Will Wade's ultimate problem is his offense or lack of a offensive flow. 
I burned it up a bunch of times. I was watching the Oregon-Arizona game late last night while I was in one of the spaces. And when you saw Arizona's offense, the movement, the way the ball moved, these dudes were getting shots. And I'm not talking about, you know, two seconds left on the shot clock, clock uh, Pinson making a desperate drive or Murray putting up a desperate three. I'm talking about quality shots in basketball 101. Quality shots will fall eventually. You get quality shots, they're going to fall. But this game here was like, how? it was. That's what it was. It was the most puzzling loss because you're like, how did y'all manage to lose this? And that's what that's what that that's what it was with this one. Like as far as the Will Wade thing go, I am a Will Wade fan. He recruited like no basketball coach since probably Dale Brown. Um, but there is something fundamentally wrong with the way we play offense. There is. Will Wade, for all the offensive talent he's had here, he's never had great offense. I said this one time. What play could Phil Jackson call was that was better than give Colbert Mike the basketball and get out of their way? And that's what it was that Will Wade had. He had Javante Smart, Trenton Wiseman, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is cooking right now in the NBA. Yes, sir. He's putting up 20. He's winning games for, for the Nets. What play could he call that was better than give Cam the ball and move? So he's never had great offense. He's had great offensive players. So now you're at a point where you don't have those dudes that could go get you a bucket at the drop of a hat. What are your what is your offense gonna do? You don't have good offense that produces good shots. You get Efton Reed a couple of baskets in a row. There's nothing in the world like a big man that can score with his back to the basket. But you give him two baskets in a row, then you don't see then you don't see the ball again for another 15 minutes. It's just that offensive thing is the ultimate Achilles heel. This, but this this South Carolina game was puzzling on so many different fronts because Cousin Hard had the game of his career, literally. Like, look at his stats. He literally had the best game he ever had. You get up on a team that you are you are better than. There's not this is not you, you know this is not homerism or anything. Like you are better than these guys, and you lose the game. That's hard to deal with. That's hard to deal with. Yeah, man, and. That, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I like. You, you were absolutely right when you said this is different than an Ole Miss loss. This is different than the Vanderbilt loss because, I mean, you were without Pinson in those games. And in this game, you have Pinson, the one who's going to move your offense and, and make things happen, even though, you know, th- that that guy isn't there who's just going to get you a bucket at any at any moment. Uh, the offense is, you know, hard at some times. And without Pinson, it's really hard to get a bucket. But this game, you had Pinson to facilitate things and whatnot. And you still scored in the 70s and you still lost. And typically when LSU scores in the 70s, you win that game. Yeah, it's just, you know, like a lot of times, and I'm being honest with you, sometimes this offense is like, Goodness, it's like pulling teeth to watch. And it's like, oh, my God. But this game here is like I think we've been saying for like the last couple of weeks. We get 75, ain't no way we lose it. But we got 75. You know, we got 75 and we lost because this – but this game here was about, I think, just, it was an equal kind of 
distribution because you make three four field three four um uh free throws ball game you win by two you stop a guy from going off on you for thirty three you you hold him to just eight less points you win this game pretty decently so it this game here was probably more troubling than the other losses because you had even though I don't think even though without Pinson, you're still better than Ole Miss. But you lost that game. You didn't have Pinson. I can give you that. You're better than Vanderbilt. You lost that game without Pinson. Okay. You were fully healthy. Nobody was out against South Carolina. What what happened? And that's really what happened. So, Zach, you know, go ahead and give your thoughts on it as well. You know, what, what did you see maybe that we haven't mentioned yet? Um. I know you had some criticism on, on the final play there specifically. Um, you know, some people said, you know, I, I can't see that Will Wade drew that up. Like that – I can't see that that was the way he drew it up. Do you think it's what he drew up? And if it wasn't, why did it happen? And if he did draw it up, why did he draw that up? Yeah, so I don't really think there's much that I can comment on that y'all haven't already uh, about the game. It, it it was very disappointing. It's inexcusable with with having everybody in and healthy. So yeah, my biggest criticism criticism is the end of the ball game. I don't understand how Tara Eason does not get a touch. As I mentioned on the last podcast, he has been the driving force of this team. Yes, Pinson has helped facilitate the offense, but in the games that Pinson was out and you won, and even in the games that you lost, the player that was keeping you in those games and winning you those games that they won was Tar Eason, without a question of the doubt. And so it was confusing to not see Tari touch the ball at the end. Now I'm talking about the possession before the Hail Mary that they tried with a, a, a second and a half left. I don't believe that's what Will Wade drew up. If it is, I'm, I'm going to have to do some more digging to see if if that's what he drew up. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, I don't think that's been released yet on if he drew it up. I, I wasn't able to listen to the uh, post-game press conference because I was at work. But I know whenever it happened, I was keeping up with it on my phone on the ESPN clicker. I messaged you, Reagan. I said, did Tari touch the ball? You said no. And I was like, that's a mistake. So there's more di- diving I have to do into this. But I, 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 you have to give him a touch. Um, I, I, I at least think if, if, that was, if that was not the play that he drew up, uh, you know, what was the play? I, I want to know. Um, if it was then yeah, that's a problem. Uh, and that just further shows um, the lack of offensive creativity uh, that that we've been wanting. And uh, I think Will Wade does deserve some criticism on that. I, I do believe that. I'm not saying, I'm not calling for Will Wade's head, but I do believe he deserves some criticism on that um, because you give the ball to Darius Days, he jacks up a three. That's not a high percentage shot. You know what is a higher percentage shot? Either X driving the lane and forcing the officials to call a foul or giving it to your best player and asking him to go get a bucket and he goes and gets you a bucket or he draws a foul 
And even if I, if he misses a shot, I'm fine with that because that's the best player taking the bucket. One thing about that, like I saw a lot of people saying, why are you going for three in that in that situation? To me, that's picking at straws. Pick, you know, you know that's semantics to me because whether you go up one or two, you need to hit a hit a shot. I have a problem with the if that was the play he drew up, the ex not even the execution because he executed it perfectly. That was a good shot. I have a problem with the decision that Darius Days is the guy that takes that shot. For sure. And I would rather Pinson go to the hole, try to draw a foul, or have the ball in Eason's hands, him go to the foul. And I don't care if Eason throws the ball to another player to take the final shot and he misses. But you can't have your top dog on the court for the final play and the ball doesn't touch his hands. We saw the same problem. With Auburn, Auburn, you got probably the the number one pick in the draft, and he doesn't touch the ball on the game winning game deciding play. That's bad basketball across the board, and LSU fell into that with letting Days take that shot. That was the big issue. Yeah, not only is you know Days probably not the guy to take the shot, like that wasn't his shot. The shot was open, like you said, it was executed well. Um, he was open. I mean, he was there. But the the baseline shot is not his shot. His shot's the wing. His shot's the wing or the top of the key. So if you wanted to draw up a play from from shooting it from the baseline three, that's Imwani's shot. I mean, everybody knows on the team, he's the best guy to shoot that shot. But, I mean, it, it, I'm saying if that was the play. If that's the play he wanted, Imwani's the one who needs to take that shot because that's his shot. But I got to agree with both of you. Tari's got to touch the ball. You are you are in the bonus. You're in the bonus. And and you got to put the guy, the ball in that man's hands and let him make a play. And there's he's got a lot of body, and he's a strong player, and he's going to go up and be physical, and he's going to draw contact. And most likely, if he's not hitting the shot, He's probably getting fouled, and you're getting two shots. So, I mean, we can kind of move here from from the basketball discussion to this Will Wade discussion then, now that we're at this point of discussing the final play and how it ended out. So, with the way this ended, what what type of – because I think we all agree that there's some criticism that needs to be made. Um, But – I think the issue with LSU fans right now is how harsh the criticism needs to be. Like some fans, of course, are are Will Wade lovers. I, I mean, I like Will Wade. I do. I mean, he revitalized the program. Uh, he is a tenacious guy who brings an energy that a lot of people don't have. Um, but I'm not one of the also like some of the people feel like they're trying to call for his head. But there's also some LSU fans that think he shouldn't have any criticism at all. So I think there's got to be a healthy balance there. So, I mean, what are y'all thought, y'all's thoughts on how Will Wade should be criticized and I guess to what degree? Zach, if you'll lead us off with that one. Yeah, I like how you said there needs to be a fine balance there in the Twitter space the other night with with, with AD and, and a couple other guys. I mentioned that. I, 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 there doesn't need to be a black and white in this this argument. There, there needs to be a, a, a fine line. There needs to be a gray area 
with this argument. And I think that's that's the problem, because I think a lot of people are either siding in one way white or the other way black, and they're either going to be heavy um, supporters of Will Wade and say that he doesn't deserve any criticism. Look at where we're at right now, or they're going to be where they believe he needs to be criticized and potentially needs to be fired. You need to find the balance. You need to find the happy medium with that discussion. I, I agree that he needs criticism. When you recruit at the level that he has recruited at, you are only going to raise the expectation of the fans. And Will Wade knows that. He's not oblivious, right? Will Wade, and I fully believe that Will Wade knows that he probably is going to face criticism, or if not, that he probably deserves criticism because of what has happened on the court, right? Especially against South Carolina this past Saturday with everyone healthy. There's no excuse now. When Pinson was out, there was an excuse, but now there isn't an excuse. And so I, I don't think Will Wade is going to shy away um, or or act like nothing is fault. You you have seen Will Wade be very meticulous and and become upset whenever he knows his team is not performing and they're not getting things done that they need to. And he's even placed that on himself. He has. Go back and listen to the post game press conferences where they've lost ball games. Will Wade has placed that on himself. So yes, I believe he deserves the criticism because of the where the program is at now and the expectation of the fans and the administration. Um, but I also don't believe that we need to think that the sky is falling, that this program is going downhill, um, and that Will Wade needs to be let go because that's an overreaction. So that's my take on it. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see moving forward what is going to happen. You know, how do they adjust? Um, from this, they have some big games coming up against Kentucky and Arkansas. You've got Missouri and Alabama at home. If you win the games at home and then you go out and you win one of those big road games, you know, a lot of this is quieted. You know, if you go out and you perform well in the SEC tournament, maybe you don't win the championship, but maybe you perform well and, and win a few games in the SEC tournament. A lot of this is quieted. If you go to the NCAA tournament and you get to the Sweet 16, a lot of this is quieted. So I, I'm a wait and see type person. Um, I do believe he deserves criticism at this moment because of what we have seen on the court. I do believe that is deserved at this moment. But I also want to wait and see how everything is finished. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what you said is 100% on point. And I think first things first, and I think a lot of people have to be told this because even yesterday when my partner JB did that Twitter space about is Will Wade a fraud, it started a firestorm. We all know that. But I think the first thing that has to be said, I don't know anybody who has solid reasoning or logic that is saying why Will Wade needs to be fired tomorrow. Because if you are, you're dumb. I can't trust you're anything. You're crazy. You're crazy. The criticism he's he's getting is not, and you can't just put it on the recruiting classes he's bringing in. It's because his expectations have gotten to a certain level, 
and he's not meeting those. But this is no different than any other coach in the history of coaching. Johnny Jones' expectation was very low, but he got criticized because even the lower expectations he had, he did not meet. And that's why he is no longer employed by LSU. So I think the one thing is we got to get past when you hear us criticizing him is that this is no different than any other coach that is at a any job, especially any P5 job or professional job, is 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 not it's not discriminatory at all. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing with Will Wade in the job that he's doing, he is doing a great job. He is doing things for the program that hasn't been done in 30, 40 years. Give him all the credit for that. But now we got to fix what's wrong. And one of my partners in one of the spaces, Pooh Bear, said it the best. I can love the things I criticize, and I can criticize the things I love. And when you see us critiquing him, it's because we know that this team has so many pieces to make deep runs and to get to Sweet 16s and Elite 8s that it's disappointing when they don't. That's just a fact of life. It's disappointing when you have expectations that don't get met, and then you see what needs to be corrected. And it's like, it's like that movie, that horror movie, where you know if this chick go off to the right, the killer behind that door. So you're like, you hollering, they can't hear you, and you're like, go to the left, go to the left. And that's what it's like. <laughs> it's like, you see, we need to get better offensively. We need a better offensive system. We need to get more guards. We should have had more guards. And, and you see that, and that's one part of it. But then you see on the court, like, why is Tyree Eason not getting the ball on a game-determining play? Um, why is Eric Gaines your backup point guard when he is not fit to be? He's a great player, and he is an absolute menace on the top of that pressure. My goodness. But he's not a backup point guard that can run your offense. So that's what it is. We're seeing it, and we want it to be better, and that's what it is. It's the same thing with the football program. We wanted it to be better. I love Edo. I am so glad he came, and I love what he did, but things were bad. Things need to be corrected, so we have to correct them. And Will Wade has to do that. He has to correct the issues that we have right now. And I believe if he's he, he as smart as he is, because he's an intelligent dude, he sees what needs to be corrected. And he and hopefully he has the enough self-actualization to be like, you know what? I don't have all these answers. Let me look and see what I can do. What I who I got to talk to, whatever I got to do, let me do that and then get this team to where we believe it can be because the ingredients are there, the ingredients for a great meal are there. We just got to get the chef to put them all together. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. And I, I think that I think we're we forget, um, or maybe we don't forget. But maybe we don't. Maybe we don't listen as intently to his, some of his post game things, and, and and even just his regular press conferences, because he kind of there. There was I can't remember which game it was, but we it was it was after the tough stretch when we had lost six of seven, and he said, you know, I'm 38, 39 years old. I'm learning these things, and he said, the last few years I had our offense going. And we couldn't figure out the defense. 
This year, I got the defense. You know, we got one of the best defenses in the country this year. But we don't have the offense. And he said, now I know the formula to both. And I probably overreacted this year getting too many big guys because I knew we were too small defensively last year. Okay, so now we got too many big guys and we need another. We need some more shooters. And I think we're fixing to see Will Wade. And so this is why I think the 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 thought, the idea of firing him is ludicrous because he literally knows, okay, I had this and it was great offensively. Now I have this and it's incredible defensively. Let me merge it together. And I mean, in all honesty, we may not even be having that discussion if Adam Miller doesn't tear his ACL before the season starts. I mean, because that's your point getter. Like, that's the dude who's going to get you buckets, and we don't have him. And I mean, this may be a biased opinion, but I truly think if Adam Miller plays all season long, we're probably a top three seed. We're probably one of the best teams in college basketball because the the potential we have right now with the team we have now without Adam Miller could be a three seed based on what they've done this year. You add Adam Miller to the mix, I think it's almost like common sense that you're a three-seater higher. So, I mean, maybe he had the piece, but the man can help the dude towards ACL in practice. Yes, criticism needs to be had, but listen to what he's saying. He knows he has this problem. He knows he has that problem, and there's clear changes in making an effort to correct the problem. Last year, we got bullied in the paint all the time because Darius Days was playing your five, essentially like all year long. And this year, he goes out and gets Efton Reed, and you got guys like Tari Eason and uh, Jarrell Colbert and Bradley Azuaro. You got big dudes and plenty of them, but you're short a shooter. You're short a point getter. And something to you know, go off of what you were saying with um, – the way the team is built and how the own the adjustments you can make. You know, you notice, um, you remember when um Isminga took over for uh Cam Cameron when O got the interim job. When you have been doing something since they about to start spring ball, right? So you think about it, at that time, they had been doing that what running Cam Cameron's offense since the spring. And he got fired, what, early October or mid-October? Yeah, there's only so much only so much you can change in that time. Your changes are always made in the offseason. Your players get better in the offseason. You have to focus so much on the current task, you can't go, you know, shoot 500 shots at the gym every day. So the level of change within the season is not going to be that great. They might get better at some things. They might marginally improve here or there, but it's not going to be this drastic shift. So to think that it's going to happen this season is being unrealistic. But the changes that he needs to make, he sees what he needs to do. I believe he sees what he needs to do. And now it's about, okay, we see what we need. Let's go and do it and implement it and get it so we can be, you know, those teams talked about, um, you know, like where where an elite eight run is almost, oh, they're gonna be there. A sweet sixteen is gonna be like, oh, unless you're gonna be in the sweet sixteen, 
where where they're going to be talking about us and what we can do is like, will they make it to the final four? Can they get to the championship? Can they win the championship? And that's what the potential of this team is. And Adam Miller, the Adam Miller point was spot on because he changes so much for them. I mean, there's a lot to to uh, obviously that can be addressed and changed and whatnot. So I think you hold on, obviously, for another year to see what Will Wade can do because uh, you're going to get a guy like Adam Miller back and whatnot. So, all right, let's move from the hardwood here and let's get to the diamond. Holy smokes. The baseball Tigers opened up in a big way uh, at the box this weekend. I mean, let's let's not get too excited. It was Maine. Not to discredit Maine by any means, but when you score 51 runs in three games, it's impressive. Um, and by far, I think the most impressive thing, I mean, this may be crazy considering all the runs we scored, but Blake Money was money. That man was incredible on Friday night. I don't care who the opponent is. When you come out throwing gas like that and you put up a double-digit K on, on the board for the night, and 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 you're sitting at the in the sixth inning with less than seventy pitches. You just had an incredible night. So, Adrian, would you you know give me your thoughts you know right off the bat here for the opening C- series of Jay Johnson's era? I don't know how you could be disappointed. You, you, that's, that's 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 impossible. But on the Blake money point, for him to have ten Ks with seventy nine. Pitches total thrown, not 79 strikes, 79 total pitches thrown. That's unbelievable. That's efficiency at an unreal level. Like, if he was able to keep that up, he would go down as the single greatest pitcher in the history of baseball to, to keep, keep something like that up. It but is the impressive. thing is, I'm most excited about is I know it's main, and I don't expect 51 runs in the three game series. But what was Jay Johnson's niche, claim to fame, his ability to create offense and hit? And everybody, when you have something that that is what you're known for and you're coming into a new situation, for you to that all that excitement and in, in momentum gets derailed if they come out there and play a two-to-one game against me. Because you're going to be like, How, what, where all this offense at? If they if they scored a total of like six to eight runs this whole series, people be like, I don't know about all this. But for you to come out and just and out and I expected like for them to come out of this series with like fifteen runs scored total, that's a good average. But for them to go so far beyond anything that is realistic and put up fifty one runs, I mean they the only thing that's almost like a football team scoring. 63 to 70 points a game. Like, that's that's astronomical. So, and I think, and didn't they score more every game? Because they scored 13 the first night. They scored 17 yesterday. And they scored 21 today. Like, that's that's unreal. And the thing that I'm getting excited about is not that it, I don't care that they did it against Maine. They're supposed to beat Maine bad. Maine and them should not have close games. But it's, for him to come in and say, I am a hitting coach, I am an offensive guy, we're going to score runs and do that, that that is what it's like. It's not about, you know, uh 
how they did it is about what they did. They did what he said he was going to do. He was going to put up runs. He was going to use this lineup and get, you know, get a bunch of crooked numbers up each inning. And that is what I'm I'm uber excited about because LSU has always been known for its offense in baseball, gorilla ball. And you think about all those guys that have come through the lineage of, you know, probably the, if not the best blue blood baseball program, the only one that's up there with us is USC. So to have those guys like Joe Bear, Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, just come out there the first three games and rake, you know, and I'm not expecting this against Vandy. No way. I'm not expecting this against Ole Miss. But to do that, number one, to do what you said you were going to do, and to, and to also do it against a team that you were supposed to do it against, that you had to do it against, and none of these games be close, I loved it. It was you could you could he couldn't have asked for a better opening weekend. This is be what he did would be the equivalent to LSU going out and beating Florida State in the opening game, you know, forty two to fourteen or forty two to seventeen. Like that couldn't have been a better opening for that. And and it couldn't have been a better opening for him. I'm 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 excited about LSU baseball. I really am. Yeah, I agree, AD. I mean the offense was was fantastic. I mean they were just mashing the ball all over the place. I got to watch most of all the games this weekend. I got to watch the entire game today uh, on Sunday. And, man, they were just (laughs) – it seemed like every time – I couldn't turn around to do something without uh, an LSU player just hitting a double (laughs) or something like that. I mean, it was was really impressive. To me, what stood out was just the individual performances uh, from players, you know – Obviously, very impressive what they did as a team. Braden Joe Bear, you know, we have been ringing the Braden Joe Bear bell for a long time now, and I'm glad that he uh, this weekend came, showed up, and showed out. Because man, he he was probably your best player of the weekend. If, if if we're being honest, offensively, he was probably your best player. I mean, he was very impressive. Um, Trey Morgan, even though I think Braden Joe Bear was very impressive this. This weekend, um, I think Trey Morgan might be your best player. That's that's arguable. You know, guys like Jacob Berry, who already has, is it three or four? I know he has three. Uh, Does he have four? Yeah, he has three because he had two on um, Saturday. He had one uh, today on Sunday. So um, I know he at least has three home runs already. That's what he was doing whenever he was at Arizona. He's continuing that. Of course, we know. Cruise, the cruise missile, he's going to be fantastic. But, man, Trey Morgan just overall impresses me. He 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 is a phenomenal baseball player offensively, defensively. His baseball IQ just blows me out of the water. Um, there's not really much we can reiterate here that we need to reiterate that we haven't said already from <laughs> from the preseason. Uh, AD, I'm with you 100%. They, they did what they needed to do. You know, they, they – were expected to dominate this team, and they did. But even more so, they dominated them on a much greater level than we expected. Um, We knew that there would be offense. Uh, We didn't expect there to be this much offense. I'm excited to see if it continues. Um, You know, I I love what Blake Money did. I love seeing Mikhail pitch on Saturday. 
It was interesting that they brought out Ty Floyd. Ty Floyd was very impressive today. Um, I, the pitching staff was was for the most part really good this weekend. I know I know Schaefer had a rough outing today, um, but I, I'm really excited moving forward, and um, we'll see on on the next game if they can continue. You know they've been they've been moving up, like you said, AD. Maybe they're going to score 25 in the next game. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're gonna we're gonna learn more about the baseball team on Wednesday. Uh, we're gonna go to Ruston. We're gonna play Louisiana Tech. That's a good baseball team. Louisiana Tech has a solid baseball team. I mean, in baseball, it, it's a little bit different uh, when it comes to Power Five, Group of Five. I mean, Louisiana Tech could easily be a Power Five type of team uh, when it comes to baseball. So could the Raging Cajuns. Uh, I mean, they've been nationally ranked a few times. Um, yeah, Kate Doty had an incredible weekend too. Holy cow! Um, everybody did. I mean, everybody did. Uh, and and what's crazy about this, guys, is I don't even think offensively you put your best lineup out there yet. Jack Merrifield was a really impressive uh, newcomer. Um, had a great series at the plate and a great series defensively. But in my opinion, it's still not even your best offensive lineup. If you move Barry to third and you put Joe Bear out and right, and then when Beloso gets healthy, you plug him in at DH, holy cow. I mean, so I've, in my opinion, that's your best offensive lineup. But – I will say they've said Barry may struggle has been struggling a little bit over uh, in the hot corner at third. Uh, so if you want to plug Maryfield there, so you have more solid defense because he looks like an incredible defensive player, and he's not that bad at the plate either. I mean, the other night he had three RBIs in one game. So if, if that's where you want to roll, that's fine with me. Um, but I'm thrilled about what has happened this weekend and, and super pumped. And I'm excited what they see to, to see what they do against a, a really good Louisiana Tech team in Ruston. Yeah, you made a, a great point about I don't think in any other sport the difference between P5 and G5 is as small as it is between baseball and in, in baseball. Like everywhere else is a clear and very, very obvious difference. But you know, you think about it for years, Cal State Fullerton was constantly in the the um, college baseball World Series. Coastal Carolina won it, what, two years ago or three years ago? Not that long ago. Um, so that that that's that's very true. So, you know, going to play a team like La Tech where in other, any other sport you would be like, uh, this a money game, this, you know, them doing a favor for another Louisiana school. In baseball, like, they could go up there. They shouldn't lose, but – them losing that game is not some wild, like, you know, Troy against LSU football kind of upset. So, and another point I wanted to make, is there no better sound than when that baseball pings off that, um, off those bats in college baseball? It's like, and it's the most distinct sound because anybody who's yeah. ever watched college baseball, you, you could not be paying attention the way you heard that sound from. But the minute you hear that sound, the first thing came come to your mind, is Omaha, well, you know, for us, LSU, or college baseball. So it's like that's that's one of those distinct sounds that once you hear it and once you know what it is, every time you hear it, it's like, man, that's a good sound. 
Absolutely, man. Now, I will say Blake Money was incredible. But but Mikel and, and Ty, I mean, I mean, if we're being if we want to be honest and transparent and point something, they were nowhere near as sharp as Blake Money. Not even close. In fact, Mikel kind of got punched in the mouth, I think, in the third inning a little bit. And Floyd was solid today and he never really took a hit. But I'm pretty I don't know if I saw anything else other than a fastball, just just trying to shove it past them. Um, so, I mean, in the SEC, you can't just pump fastballs across the plate like that. You know, I, I'm sure he has more pitches that he'll mix in, but I, I definitely want to see some more out of Ty Floyd. And Mikhail, I, I want to see that curveball starting to work again uh, that we know is just an incredible, you know, knee-bending curveball. Um, that he can do. So I, I, I want to see more out of them uh, to kind of, I guess, solidify my confidence in the pitching staff because I, I think my confidence is kind of solidified in the offense. So, uh, But, I mean, if you're scoring runs like this, you, you don't have to be as great when it comes to pitching because you can take a few more hits. And maybe like the 2019 uh, LSU offense, you know, you may uh, not have to – worry about giving up points because you know your offense is going to go put up 60. Yeah, and one thing in Ty's defense is you were up 10 runs out of second inning. And and it's a like almost a baseball 101 rule. When you get to that point where it's like you can't if they come back is like a historic monumental type of comeback, what you do is you throw strikes. Because you're gonna get them called, they're gonna swing, they're gonna swing at them, put the ball in play more, or they're gonna miss them. You try to get the game with over faster in that situation. That's the thing I would give with with Floyd. Where you know he just throwing a fastball, probably because he could locate it. You know he could throw it for strikes. So when you get in that kind of astronomical lead, you're trying to throw strikes so you can get them to swing more. Um, swing and miss, put the ball in play, let your defense do the work. Uh, Mikel was a little bit more shaky to me. Because he just he just didn't come out and put guys away. You know, giving up a run or two here is baseball. You're supposed to do that. But to give up the kind of numbers he gave up in a couple of those innings, a little cause for concern. But this is the time where you work that stuff out. This is the time where you put you tinker with your lineup. You find out who works well together defensively, who works well together in that order hitting. You 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 know those pitches you were working on all all season that you were adding to your repertoire. You start using those and seeing what really works, seeing how you got to throw them, seeing, you know, all the mechanics you got to work out on that. So that is the cause for concern. You want to see, you you would like to see Mikel, as a, especially as a starter, not give up that crooked inning, or crook, those crooked numbers. But this is when you do that. You know, maybe you wanted to see uh, Floyd change up all his, all his, all his all-speed pitches. But in this game, that was not – necessary we need to get this over with get out of here healthy let's go play la tech so with floyd floyd i'm not so much really even concerned about what what he did because that's more of a situational thing mikhail is a little bit more shaky but we still got a lot of time we we three games in the 56 so you know we we got some time to figure this thing out absolutely absolutely but we're going to continue to pull for them Tigers regardless of what happens. Basketball, baseball, 
Man, big win today for Kim Mulkey in the PMAC against Florida. I heard it was packed. I heard it was rocking. Keep it rolling for Kim Mulkey. Shoot, let's go win a title for the women. I couldn't have started a better way in her career at LSU. Just absolutely incredible. Really incredible. All right, guys, I think that's all we got for this episode. We appreciate y'all joining in. Adrian, we really appreciate you joining in. Uh, we, we hope to have you back on the episode sometime uh, in the future. We appreciate all your input and, and your analytics. Truly, your knowledge is exceptional. Go follow Adrian on Twitter as well. Adrian, what's your handle? A Perkins, um, A-P-E-R-K-I-N-S, 2113. That's me. Um, you got it. Get, you got you it. Go him. Yeah, you're not going to get a whole bunch of great stuff, but you're going to get a lot of LSU content, a lot of football content, and a lot of funny stuff. That's just who I am. So, um, yeah, like, uh, man, this was fun. This was a breeze. Uh, whenever y'all want me back, we definitely got to do something for football season because if you if if I'm going to – when we talk football, that's that's my thing now. We could get, I could do that three hours and don't even blank. So – Hey, um, we'll be recording a five-hour podcast. <laughs> you fool around with me, we sure would. We talking recruiting and uh, schemes and all that. So, man, I would love to come back and do one with football for y'all, for real. Um, so, you know, follow me, but make sure y'all follow TA. They starting out good. They're doing some nice stuff. They've had some great guests. They're going to have more great guests. These dudes putting in work that, you, you, that you're not seeing, but they putting it in. Trust me, they putting it in. And like they just some cool dudes, you know. They just some cool dudes. And like I talk to Zach all the time, and we be up four thirty, five o'clock in the morning on Twitter Spaces, just talking about sports and everything like in between. So you know, you know. So yeah, I just I can't. Um, I'm gonna be watching y'all when y'all drop this. I'm gonna be watching y'all when y'all drop your next one. So man, y'all go support TA. Great dudes, fun dudes, and they love LSU. So that's not a better combination to me. Absolutely. We love the Tigers. Go Tigers as always. Appreciate y'all listening and supporting. Follow the Twitter at Tigers Avenue Pod. Go check out our website, tigersavenue.podbean.com. We'll catch you next time in the Tigers Avenue. Peace.